Hello, I'm Di Redmond and I'm your host for today's Songs in the Wilderness. In this programme, we listen to the songs that have influenced our guests throughout their life and have influenced their faith too. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Jason Moore, who's driven in to the studio this morning for March. How was your journey, Jason? Oh, hello. It's so great to be here. It's very uh, nice to have you here. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm yeah, absolutely thrilled about being on, uh, talking about uh, my songs in the wilderness. Um, yeah, so the journey, yes, it was okay. Yes, not too bad. A bit of traffic. But, yeah. um, but isn't March famously, um, uh, famously, historically, built, isn't it very much a railway town that connected you know, London, and it was a big... There wasn't a lot of railway development there. Yes, there was. You know a lot about March, uh, probably I, more than me. I, I think it's when I was doing some research for another radio station. Oh, really? OK. Yeah, yeah well, um, yeah, it is actually an old railway uh, town, but it's growing greatly yeah. now. Um, yeah, because it's slap bang in the middle between here and King's Lynn. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a lot of houses being built and, uh, yeah, it's uh, growing. Well, so. I'm glad you got here. So, it, interesting, you had a very... Uh, uh, mixed upbringing, Catholic, evangelical, your mother being evangelical and your grandfather being Catholic. Was that ever confusing for you or was it like with most children, you just roll with it? Um, well, when I talk to people about uh, my upbringing, because people always ask me about my um, how I became Catholic, um, they always seem quite shocked about the evangelical mix in things. But um, as we'll find, that, that um, throughout my life, that uh, follows on uh, and makes a big impact on my life um but uh, at the time i i just um i saw uh, i mean i was pro- predominantly in the catholic faith but there was bits of evangelical uh church services in there and uh, i just saw it as uh, a different way of doing things um i certainly saw their love for jesus uh, there so um yeah, yeah same thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but then did that mean you went to a catholic school you had a catholic education or was catholicism just in the background uh no it was really just um at church really um uh, you know i went to the usual schools there was no um i didn't go to a religious school but um yeah it was uh it was uh, quite i was quite involved um i remember even when I was a child, sitting on the uh, PCC meetings, um, not to say I had any in- input, but, um, you know, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, sort of me, my mum and my granddad who uh, was living together here, I mean, in March, um, you know, it was very much um, involved with the uh, Catholic uh, Church. Right. And was that a nice, um, a nice relationship? You know, it sounds quite comfortable, son, mother, grandfather. It sounds quite cosy. Was it as cosy as it sounds? Um, well, uh, how on this shall I be? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it was... Um, when my uh, granddad came to uh, live with us, um, he was very much like a father to me. I didn't know my father. Um, so, yeah, he was very much like a father to me. But I think for my mum, it was like another child moving in because me and my granddad were always fighting, winding each other up. Um, mm. <laughs> so it's a little bit like uh, two children in the house. Um, with your mum always in the middle. Yes, yes, yes. So, so. Always the same. Trying to keep order, yes. So, uh, yes, I I remember that. But But then, then, going from the sort of cosy image, um, you you actually witnessed your grandfather dying um, Mm. when you were 11 years old. That must have been so, so, uh, so traumatic for you. Yes, well, yes. I mean, um, I suffered with uh, anxiety um, 
all the way through my life, uh, particularly obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and, uh, you know, it was actually a teacher at school. Um, I remember her name now, Mrs. Potter, who noticed that I had obsessive compulsive disorder um, and I was still in junior school at the time. How does how does that present? I mean, she, was she just highly sensitive or the very, very standard patterns of present? Presentation. Well, at the time, I think I was touching things a certain number of times, an even number of times, uh, and various things like that at the time. It was very much like that. My OCD over the years has changed um, to other things. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, I was very anxious all the time before going to school um, and things like that. But mm. at the time, I just thought I was just, you know... Everybody's very, like this. You know, yes, or, you know, it's just the way I am. But... Uh, um, looking back, I should have probably um, had some therapy for it to try and nip it in the bud. But, um, but you, you know, yes, yeah. Uh, so with my granddad dying, that was very a, a real shock uh, one evening um, when he had a heart attack. Um, in, in the house? Yes, it was in the house. Yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I remember it uh, very, very clearly. Um, uh, I wouldn't say it affects me now because I have sort of dealt with it, but I, I do remember it very clearly. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, he had a heart attack. I didn't know what to do, um, no, you know. Um, so uh, even though I've, I've read first aid books and all that, uh, you know, uh, so I, I sort of panicked. Um, and then, uh, yeah, obviously the ambulance came and, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately passed away on the drive um, it was, um, outside. It was that quick? At that point? Yeah, yeah. So I helped help the... Um, ambulance team pushed a car to uh, make a bit of space uh, for them to work on him and um, they just said he was p passed away um, you know so that was a real real shock um, you know I felt I remember feeling very very cold you know um, that night uh, while the police were coming in and out and uh, yeah it was a, a and your mother I mean mm. the shock for her as well oh yes yes I mean uh, she was quite ill afterwards um, which I'm sure was brought on by uh, sure. the shock for her um, but obviously I was struggling so that was also a strain for her as well but at this time also you you were you were drawn to images of the priesthood you know you mm. you went to Walsingham you bought statues and you made a little altar in the house and <laughs> enacted playing the part of a priest so th th did that give you solace or was was it a sort of um, ritual that, that comforted you? Um, it was something uh, uh, I sort of discuss this a lot now with uh, priests um, <laughs> uh, normally it's a sign that you're going to become a priest in, in later life um, uh, but uh, it's uh, it was, you know, I was really inspired by Walsingham um, and uh, I, I, you know, at the time I wanted to be a priest among other things um, um, I was also very yeah. interested in trades like mechanics um, you know, uh, DIY and things like that are very early age. I had a plastic uh, toolbox I used to carry around with me. Bob the uh, Builder. Yes, that's <laughs> it. So, But at the same time, I also, uh, you know, wanted to do some sort of work for the church. I always envisioned, you know, being heavily involved in the church at a very early age. And uh, maybe God put those desires in me. Um, and did you, at the time, um, were you comforted? I mean, did did you go to the church outside of services? I mean, did you find the church a comforting place to be if, when you were having panic attacks or bouts of depression? Well, I had a, a couple of wonderful people in the um, Catholic Church in March who helped me through it, uh, really. I used to visit them regularly, call them up, uh, and, and they really were my lifeline. Um, I also had uh, a reverend from the Church of England uh, giving me grievance counselling. 
Really? Um, he was actually there to counsel my mother, actually, because, you know, she needed some. But uh, on the first session, um, I had a panic attack um, while he was there. So they decided that I needed the counselling more. So I sort of uh, took her counselling away from that. Um, but, yes. But how, how you know, how sensitive that both of them realised mm. that you were in need too. Yes, and that was a blessing. That grievance counselling helped so much. Um, uh, and from then on, I, I found, you know, throughout my life, counselling really helped me personally because um, uh, it's not generally a, a treatment for obsessive compulsive disorder. Absolutely. But for yeah. me, it works um, and it's helped me throughout my life. So, yeah, so that was um, really, you know, really... But uh, I have I have to flag up. It's mm. it's wonderful to hear you say that counselling has helped you through mm. your life because a lot of people get embarrassed about it. I mean, it's mm. just another form of, of treatment. It's... Uh, I mean, you know, to be ashamed of therapy and counselling is sort of it's it it's so passe mm. now because <laughs> it's it's so what we need in our society. Yeah, so, yeah, I've always been very open for whatever reason. Maybe because I had counselling at an early age. Um, you know, I'm very open about um, you know the therapies I've had, and um, and I've also found even though they are most of them are secular therapists, I found uh, also God has spoken through them, you know, from my prayers and helped me, um, you know, mm. uh, without even the therapist knowing. So, yeah, so it is, it is a real uh, blessing, you know. Well, I'm very, very happy for you that you found that. <laughs> now, would you do me a favour and introduce your first piece of music, please? Oh, well, this is a song that um, everyone should know. Um, it's uh, Give Me Oil In My Lamp. OK, this is uh, a more contemporary song. Lovely. Yes. So, so everyone should know this. And I remember this from my childhood. And was it something you sang at Sunday school? Oh, well, yes. Well, it was something I definitely remember somewhere in my childhood. Um, maybe the evangelical church. <laughs> Let's hear it. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. That was Give Me Oil in My Lamp. Moving on, Jason, you were brave enough to talk openly. Uh, you are a very, very open person. It's a great pleasure to speak about these things. Um, about becoming reclusive in your teens, and that you didn't want to leave the house and you suffered from OCD. How did? How does that pan out? I mean... You hear people talking about it. Is it a repetitive um, pattern that establishes some security? Or, or do you feel like you've, your life's going into disarray? Well, I mean, it's. Um, I suppose looking back, you can always see the signs and triggers and things like that. And especially now, I have so much more understanding of obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety because I've had so much therapy. Um but um, at the time, even though I was diagnosed at a very early age, um, I, I didn't quite um, I, I didn't quite see it in my life. Um, you're sort of blinded to it sometimes so that you these behaviours are normal. Um, and, um, you know, after, you know, I'd fought, by this point, I'd fallen away from the faith. I was no longer attending church anyway. Was that um, as a result of, of this? experience of losing somebody and um I, th I think um sort of me and my mother weren't at church as much after that um uh for me you know i just drifted away it wasn't necessarily mm. anything conscious um 
or any anger or anything, but it was just, um, you know, I just carried on with life. I went to college to train as an electrician. Um, I then went out to work as an electrician, do my apprenticeship. Um, but I found that work wasn't good for me um, because I had this underlying anxiety disorder um, and I found it very difficult yeah. to be in full-time work. Um, and, uh, but particularly doing that kind of work where you have to be... You know, it's a bit life and death, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I had, I had a few electric shocks, believe you me. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, Blown across did. the room. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, um, but it, it's, uh, yeah, it was it was long hours, uh, you know, because it involved some shop fitting and things like that, which, you know, you have to work to a deadline. So it, it wasn't good for me. And, you know, basically, eventually um, the company goes under um, that I'm working oh, for. Heavens. And uh, after that, then basically I'm, I start becoming very reclusive. I'm doing a lot of washing and cleaning of the house. Um, I would spend all night just washing every single item, every teaspoon, everything in the kitchen um, overnight. Uh, you know, it was, you know, and then I'll do the same thing the following night. Uh, but did the exercise make you feel better or did it make you think... But that's not good enough. I've got to do it again. Yes. Well, you're always looking for that relief from the anxiety. And the problem is we, we call these safety behaviours. These safety behaviours, they didn't. Um, they only give you a temporary, temporary relief. It's a way of trying to deal with anxiety. Um, and the unfortunate thing is it doesn't really actually um, increases your anxiety. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, because you're doing so much work, you know, trying to have wash everything. And, um, yeah, it was very difficult. And uh, then somebody comes in and upsets upsets the apple cart you know they start using all the stuff you just washed up and oh you know yes yeah you, you want to keep it up, you know i think throughout my life i've been quite obsessed with perfection you know yes, and yeah. uh, i think a lot of this was having the house in a perfect state and you know having everything around me in perfect and you know and by doing that i would be able to think clearly and you know get this anxiety away from me but um so you, if you established a perfect environment mm. pristine and immaculate yes. then your your feeling was okay i can function here here's the environment i need to do well yes that's right yes yeah. and i i thought i'll just get all this out of the way this cleaning and all that and then i can you know go on and live my life but um uh it's not quite like that and i actually spent uh, so much time in fact because it took over my life um all the organizing and cleaning um that i didn't leave the house for one whole year and i, I mean it's didn't awful. didn't even go out in the garden or anything it was literally uh, a lot of people thought I'd moved away, um, <laughs> but they weren't aware that I was actually at home, you know, just, you know, doing all these OCD tasks. Um, so it's a, it is a very serious uh, condition, OCD. It's, it very... sounds very controlling. I mean, con yes, you know, yeah. the condition controls you. And yeah. how did your poor mum cope? And were you having, having counselling throughout? Um, I didn't have any counselling at that stage. Um, uh, my mother's quite... Uh, laid back um she obviously uh didn't find this sort of behavior normal uh so to speak but um you know but uh, she was quite gentle about it um you know uh, i don't think she fully understood it either um but you know yeah i think it's yeah there was it was a very difficult time basically um and uh you know i 
doing all those tasks were very uh, exhausting. Totally um, exhausting, especially if you're doing them through the night because there's no peace. I know, that's it. And it was just, my whole life was just focused around doing these tasks. Uh, and it was just also with computer files, tidying them all up, organising them, oh, renaming. That, that would push me right over the edge. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, no, I could not. I could not attempt a task like that. I mean, of course I have to, but, you know, I only do what I've got to do. Mm. But when I, like you talking about rearranging a whole computer file, I would be in orbit. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and these were thousands of files I was going through. I decided to scan in all my family pictures and all that. So thousands of pictures I spent scanning in, and it was just trying to get everything around me perfect, um, uh, which I failed at uh, in the end. Because uh, it's an impossible task. We're human. Yes, you know, it we're was. Flawed. Yes, yes, and it's it's taken me a long time to get to oh. that point. Um, hopefully, I've got to uh, you know uh, a better place with my perfectionism. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was. Um, uh, very difficult, but um, it was a blessing as well because, you know, when you're away from everything, you're not at work, you're on your own, you start uh, questioning things. Uh, and I started questioning um, uh, uh, my life's, you know, my life, um, my origins, you know, how did I <laughs> get here on this earth? Um, you know, why am I here? Um, and then is that the point where you started doing a lot of research into the Bible? Yes, well, uh, like so many testimonies I've heard from people, they don't tend to just go straight to the Bible. I should have done looking back because I had the Catholic and evangelical upbringing, you know, but I, I started reading a lot of things about reincarnation and all the, I went all the way around all the houses, um, you know, and uh, none of them quite fitted right, you know. Um, and uh, But we never go to the obvious. No. I think, you know, because the obvious is so much like breathing hmm. that you, you you just think, well, yeah, well, everybody does that. <laughs> and then you go to the more more um, convoluted explanations. But were you drawn back to what were basic um, understanding and beliefs? Is that is that what happened? Or did you embrace more like... Literature. Um, well, it's uh, it uh, after a lot of reading and researching because I became quite um, obsessed with you know trying to find out the meaning to um, you know life <laughs> you know and uh, and um, uh, it really took in the end um, uh, it was a, a children's animated uh, cartoon on the Bible. I'm um, fascinated about this. <laughs> well, do you know? Who, do you know? Was it? Was it a German production? No, it was uh, Stop, Look, Listen. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I don't know what made me watch them, but I watched them on online and I thought, I remember these from my childhood. I thought yeah, they were, it was, wasn't it BBC Education? Was it? Oh, OK. I oh, think so. Yeah, I think so, so. They were wonderful. They were, I mean, yeah, um, they were good. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I just uh, thought I'd listen, you know, watch those. And it got me very curious, actually, because, you know, when I watched them, I thought, oh, I wonder how similar... That is to the Bible, you know, actually, if I read it out, the actual Bible, and I, I went downstairs and um, I, I actually got this blue uh, New International version of the Bible, um, which I think was given from the Evangelical Church, I think. Um, yeah. And it's always been on the bookshelf. And uh, when I was actually, it's funny, actually, because when I was doing all my organizing and clearing up, um, I, I wanted to get rid of that Bible, actually, um, because I thought, oh, we don't need this. We can clear this away. I, I don't go to church anymore. <laughs> um, and it was my mum that actually said, oh, no, you've got to keep that. That's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so very wise she was. So, uh, so that uh, I, I then started reading that uh, particularly. So you were cross-referencing the Bible with this really, actually, very well-made children's series. Yes, and, yeah. well, I think that, that that's such a great idea. When I get stuck on a project, like 
you know, if I'm starting to write a book and I say, I don't know anything about this, I always buy a children's book that explains mm. the rude, just the rude rudiments mm. of the prob- the subject. Yeah. And then from that, it's a springboard into a much, much bigger, bigger, bigger um, journey and a lot more reading. But yeah, it's, it's such a great idea. It's um, wonderful. And I've even given away uh, children's Bibles to people yeah. that have got absolutely no understanding of the Christian faith um, just because... They're such good stories. You know, you know, so, you know, it just gets them into uh, understanding. And for me, uh, you know, I was really humbled by the fact that this children's uh, animation um, spoke to me and uh, got me thinking. And God, it just shows that God will use anything, you know, to... It's a vehicle, uh, you know, it's you a know. vehicle yes. isn't it, into your life. And uh, it's uh, it's also particularly, uh, you know, uh, a blessing to me looking back because I've got such a uh, youth ministry as well. So uh, uh, and yes. uh, so that plays a big part. And it's also part of my passion when I do, um, you know, uh, children's liturgy and uh, uh, as we'll see further. In the yeah, no, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm longing to hear about that. But first, I really want you to to tell me if you can, if you can, it's a very personal um, moment about the sensation of the Holy Spirit being actually in in your room with you. Yes, well, I remember that um, very uh, very well actually. Um, you know, I, I was uh, I'm generally a bit of a night owl. I was up to early hours in the morning uh, again reading the Bible, um, and I, I thought to myself, I've got to get to a place where I'm actually practicing my faith. If I if I'm going to be a Christian, I need to be a Christian. If I'm going to be an atheist, you know, or I'm going to live like an atheist and not go to church and not do, you know, have God in my life, then I need to declare myself as an atheist then. And I found that very uncomfortable because I didn't, you know, I've always been comfortable with the Christian faith and that as my identity. But um, it really came to a crunch. Uh, and, you know, early hours, you know, of the morning, I, I did call out to God. Um, uh, and I said, are you there? You know, do you exist? And... Uh, to my surprise, I felt the Holy Spirit in the room, uh, a warmth, and it was actually touching my hand as well. He was, um, you know, uh, so I'll never forget uh, forget that experience at early hours of the morning. But you would uh, never forget that. That's imprinted <laughs> in, on you for the rest of your yes, life. There's a few uh, uh, times in my life that really are uh, standout moments, and uh, that is one of them, of course. Uh, and, and the other one that I quote is mm. when you questioned God, why do you put up with me? Mm. And he said, his reply mm. to you was, it actually chokes me just to say it, it's because I love you. Yes, yes, this comes, uh, amazing. yeah, yeah, that uh, came at the, uh, when I was in the evangelical church uh, at an evening service. Um, and because uh, at this time I start going to the evangelical church, very involved. I'm pretty much at all the meetings, home groups, Bible studies. Um, and uh, yeah, I was at an evening service uh, one time and um, uh, I, I, I don't know, my mind wandered during the sermon. It didn't always, um, but uh, it, it wandered. And I'm sure God was doing this. I, I, I thought back to my time at um, a Catholic church, the Summer Fate and I'd given away some uh, Power Ranger tools, they were, um, like um, <laughs> sort of uh, toys they were. And um, I, they were in this bin bag for some reason, and they were at the table, and the, the children, and my mum my and my granddad, 
um, noticed that they were ripping the bag to get to these toys. You know, they were amazed what was in this bag. Yeah, they would be Power Ranger. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they were very nice to, uh, toys, actually. They were brand new. And um, I, I had a very arrogant thought when I looked at them across the grass. So I thought, um, you know, oh, look at them, you know, uh, fighting over these toys that I'm not even bothered about. You know, uh, it was very um, arrogant of me at the time. Um and that, I felt quite uh, bad about that sitting in the evangelical church. I thought, well, God, why why would you put up with me and give me all these wonderful things, you know, the, the toys I had and all these lovely things, um, only for me to be arrogant about it, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and I heard God speak to me, and this was, you know, uh, an audible voice I heard, and he said, because I love you. Um, you don't uh, want was, any more from life than that, do you? Was, um, well, yeah, well, it was amazing. <laughs> but it wasn't the fact that God uh, spoke to me that I was shocked at. It was the answer. Because uh, I thought, oh, but God, haven't you, um, haven't you heard that I've been arrogant, you know, and things like that? But you know, I, I very immediately came to the um, thought that from what the teaching of the evangelical church and is in the Catholic church is that God's love is unconditional. Mm. So yeah. uh, that you know, I immediately realised, ah, but I, even now I still question why, why, you know. Why? But um, well, you, you should know. stop. I know. Yes, <laughs> it seems like you've you've had you you you've had a lot of um, assurance of long. But then mm. there's there's nothing wrong with being amazed, and there's nothing worse than being arrogant and mm-hmm. taking for granted. That's right. I've got to drag our conversation away from oh, this dear. moment, um, which I would love to talk about more. But anyway, we've got loads more to talk about. Um, now, your next song is uh, sung by Helen Shapiro. Yes, I yes. can't pronounce it. So no, I'm I can't. So I'm not going to. I think we should just let, uh, we will just listen to it. Let's it's just lovely... call it modern Israel. Yes, yes. Let's hear it. Thank you. Our music choices this morning have been chosen by my guest, Jason Moore, from March in Cambridgeshire. And you're listening to Songs in the Wilderness on Radio Maria. Thank you for listening in. Jason, tell me about your journey to becoming a Catholic. It seems to me that by this time you're already on track, you know, Mm. but this this, this is a serious bit where you commit Yes. So obviously we've got the major point in my life where I become like in my faith journey, uh, where I actually uh, really make a commitment to follow God. Um, and I'm very involved in the evangelical church uh, and I'm doing many different things there. This is uh, a four year journey. I should explain to the to the listeners. Yes, afterwards. Yes. I think I joined the evangelical church in around about 2010, 2009. Um, and I was there for many years and um, uh, I was, you know, really, it, it, I still found it a little bit odd in the evangelical church because there were certain things that were very different. Um, <laughs> for example, you don't uh, genuflect to the altar. There's no statues. There's no images on the wall. Um, everything's quite informal. People having tea and coffee during the services and things like that. So, <laughs> so, so it's it's very, very different. There's no liturgy as such. Um uh, or liturgical calendar, um, so things like that. I did find a bit difficult. It was a bit more charismatic, um, but anyway, I was heavily involved, and it was a lovely, warm church, uh, and physically actually quite warm, actually, with the lower ceilings. Um, and it was, uh, it was, um, 
Yeah, it was a really nice uh, family. Uh, they're very keen on their shared lunches as well. Um, <laughs> and so a really nice family community yes, church. Yes, yeah, I was very happy. And um, I was asked to do Sunday school um, uh. at one stage. And I immediately thought, oh, well, I don't have any ministry with children. But I thought as as these things happen, oh, I'll sit in, you know. And then I ended up leading a lot of the, uh, the lessons uh, at the time. So... I was very involved there. I was doing the building maintenance. Um, we had a lovely uh, sort of almost like a men's fellowship type thing where we uh, uh, do a bit of uh, work around the building and um, have more coffee, really. I've spent more time chatting over coffee. And, I, you know, I, I really treasure those moments. Yes, um, yes, yes. I was involved in the coffee mornings on Tuesday because at this time I wasn't working and I wasn't really able to work because of my obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and it was still difficult for me to leave the house. You know, I was still having some panic attacks. The anxiety was there. I was having heart palpitations. So, you know, I was still able to carry on, but it was a bit tricky. You know, it wasn't so, so smooth. But did it become like a second home where you could be secure? It was, uh, it, uh, I think, um, I think it's always been in me to spend a lot of time in the church. I don't know what that is. It's a God-given desire to be in the I church. Know, I know that. Um, <laughs> you know, so I was there a good six days a week. It could have, you know, and I was there to, like, way, way up until like 11 o'clock at night which is very similar to me now in the catholic church but um yeah it's uh, you know but uh, during that time i do become very anti-catholic yeah, I, I noticed that in your in your notes. Um, yes, yes. So, you know, uh, you know, if I could, you know, think how I thought then, you know, if they saw me, you know, if I saw myself now, you know, saying that I'm Catholic, I would have been absolutely shocked. Um, it's I, I became quite anti-Catholic, maybe because there was a lot of people that had links with the Catholic Church who had converted to become evangelical, heard a lot of testimonies. The other way around, the other way yes, around, yeah. and, and it was... Um, yeah, it's, you know, and, uh, you know, I sort of researched things on the Internet, as you do, because I was constantly wanting to go deeper in my faith, constantly asking questions. So I, I became quite anti-Catholic. Um, you know, there was a lot of misconceptions about the Catholic faith, about worshipping Mary and things like that. So, But, it, but, but the fact that you were anti-Catholic sort of suggests that you did, a, knowing you, that you did a lot of research into why you felt anti-Catholic so that you've got you're backing it up with knowledge rather than just sheer prejudice well yes yeah I think um, there must have been pride in my heart that was one of the things that um, God did press on me um, even though I know yes I did hear a lot of anti-Catholic uh, testimonies um, and things like that but um, you know I, I genuinely believe, thought I was right about this um, you know um, but um, yes so it was, it was Strange, really, how um, I then felt God drawing me to the Catholic faith um, over a period of time. It's over... so extraordinary. It's the, it's the pull of the opposite. It the... is, yes. You know, um, you know. It's uh, there was numerous uh, uh, points that came along the way. Uh, I, I remember during uh, a sermon, I heard something about the Crusades, uh, and uh, uh, I had a, a thought came straight to my mind. That I thought there must be another side of the story to those crusades, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and uh, various things like that. You know, um, you know, I, I can look back now and say God was just, you know, uh, opening my mind up. And it's very difficult when you're very closed minded about things. Mm. Um, but you are actually you know. quite a questioning person. This comes through over and over again that yes. you always want the answers. Oh, well, yes, I did my research. Yes. Uh, oh, dear. Um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I make things quite complicated i'm one yeah. of those sort of people I, I i'm not one of these people who could just um do something without researching it or you know really come into a place where i'm convinced uh, there's pros and cons to that uh, one it takes me a long time to um do anything but at the same time when i do do it i know that it's um, yeah. 
you know, I've covered it from all angles. So, <laughs> you know, so I started reading about the Catholic faith, about the um, early church. I actually made it a point to look at the first 300 years of Christianity to see where this great apostasy apparently occurred. I couldn't see anything actually uh, of a great apostasy. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I carried on reading and there was a lot of reading. Um, a lot. You start reading uh, the early church um uh, scripts like uh, the Didache and things like that, and Clement One, and all, all these things. It was uh, a lot of reading, uh, very tiring, um, but it felt like I was going through uh, a conversion all over again, just like I was reading the Bible, you know, um, before. Before I felt mm. like I was going through it all, uh, all again, and it was very uncomfortable because I didn't believe that Catholics were saved at the time, um, but then to be starting to warm towards uh, the Catholic faith. Um, uh, and see my prejudices um, sort of, um, you know, sort of uh, topple over. Uh, I found it quite uncomfortable. I was sort of in no man's land. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with coming mm. to a very huge subject like that with with a critical mind. Mm. I mean, it, it's good. It's good to be critical. Yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah. It, it, it was a blessing that I did ask so many questions because that's yeah. really what. Um, but I, you know, God was in the and God's very gentle with people. I've noticed that He was very gentle with me. He could have slammed it down on the table and said the Catholic Church is the church I founded. I mean, but um, He didn't. He was very gentle. And um, over you know, it was, took about four years for me to really accept. Um, I was Catholic, but I was still going to the evangelical church and I even had my rosary beads out uh, during the services and things like that. So, uh, again, it was a very welcoming church, you know, and yeah, was, you know, they, they were OK with me being Catholic even there, which was uh, a blessing, really. It's Not brilliant. all places would be like that. Um, yeah. That's very, very impressive. So, you know, yeah. Um, but it did come to a point where I had to start attending the Catholic Church. I couldn't just be Catholic in the Evangelical Church. Um, it didn't make much sense, really. Um, and that, that was difficult because I was very in, uh, you know, in, involved in the, um, uh, the Evangelical Church. So it was very difficult, particularly Sunday school. Uh, that was very close to my heart. Uh, yes. you know, that's yes. always had a special place in my heart. Um, and I thought, if I go to the Catholic Church, I won't be doing that anymore. I'll just that be sitting in the pews. I won't be so involved with the building, the thing. I'll have to start from scratch. Um, well, uh, <laughs> we won't jump the gun, but uh, <laughs> you're very good at rebuilding. So mm. tell us about your third choice, Worthy of Salam. Is, does this mm. ring bells? And is it, you know, sort of reflecting the time, this time in your life? Well, this, 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 transitional time? this song is uh, one of my favourites. Uh, and it reminds me, really, bringing to a close the evangelical uh, journey. I thought it'd be good to end the evangelical uh, part of my life um, on this song, because this was very much sung at the evangelical church uh, by our wonderful uh, pastor, Dennis Jordan. So. <laughs> well, great memories. So just as everything's on track, um, you're heading into the Catholic Church, you've done your research, you're very focused, and then you're diagnosed with a serious illness, which um, must have been like the last thing you needed um, after all your struggles and um, plans. Um, 
So mm. how did you get through that? Well, um, up until that point, I was involved in the Catholic Church. Uh, uh, a space came available as soon as I uh, started going to the Catholic Church for children's liturgy. So God answered the prayer there. Which church are we at? Uh, this is the March, oh, the March um, Catholic, Catholic Church. church. Yeah. Uh, yes, it gets confusing, especially later on, because I'm involved in so many other <laughs> churches. Um, but uh, yes, so uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going along there, but I still have the anxiety. The anxiety is still a big problem for me. I'm having loads of therapy, uh, counselling, uh, CBT and various things, uh, a lot of talking therapies, uh, which all helped along the journey, but they weren't a cure. Um, and uh, we get to the point where uh, I'm diagnosed with a, a serious um, illness. Uh, now, this is very, very, um, it was a very serious uh, illness uh, and it was a shock. Um, very, very, um, I, I've, uh, you know, I, I was in absolute shock uh, over it completely. Um, when I got it, uh, was this Adambrooks or Peterborough? Oh, this was um, well. It was at it was at Hinchinbrook, uh, oh, yeah, which was very good, very yeah. good. They were very good, um, but they couldn't give me any reassurances about the route that's gonna uh, it's gonna take because they weren't experienced enough with it. But they were very good. Uh, I was there quite a lot having tests. Uh, I was transferred to Adambrooks Hospital. Uh, and, you know, I was in a very bad place there because of my anxiety oh, it must have was been very awful. bad. And awful. my coping mechanism, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, these behaviours that I do, cleaning and all that, they all stopped at the time. So it's like the brakes were put on and, uh, you know, that was very bad. And I felt quite suicidal at the time. Um, you know, because you uh, had no no props, no, 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 nothing was propping me up but, apart from God's. But um, uh, I, I was, yeah, in a bad way and I was going out um you know, all day long, I would be sitting in uh, fast food chains and things like that, just because I felt quite lonely at that time, suffering um, with that diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, anyway, I, I was rushed through to have a, an operation within a few weeks. Um, Good. And um, But it, again, it was a real turbulent time. Mm -hmm. uh, again, people from the Catholic Church helped me, a few people and the priest. Uh, again, God provided those people there to help me. They sent me messages early hours of the morning because they knew I was awake. Um, so, you know, that was a blessing. But, yeah, it was very, very difficult. And when I thought I got the all clear from Adam Brooks, I got a call the following day and they said, actually, your test results have shown actually there's more issues. <laughs> so that was the point that nearly broke my faith. Um, I don't know what kept me going during that time I with uh, the Lord. I was quite angry with the Lord because I said, you, you know how much anxiety I have. And uh, to get to this point and then have it all taken away. Yes. Um, you know, and this is something I, I felt like I had to live with as well because there'll be checkups afterwards. And yes. Various yes. things. So anyway, so I, uh, I, um, somehow get through it uh, uh, in a very grumpy way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I am treated and uh, uh, I spend quite a few months away from um, the Catholic Church uh, recovering. So how long was this period starting with the, uh, you know, the diagnosis and then the treatment? Mm. Was it like a year or six months? Well, it was it was like a whirlwind to begin with um, when I was at Hinchinbrook, um, you know, within a you know, few weeks and everything, things were happening. They were putting me on the priority list. But um, Adam Brooks, it took a bit longer. Um, yeah, there were more tests. Was. They weren't sure what was wrong. You know, they weren't sure if there was problems. So, um, and I, you know, I remember thinking to myself, uh, God did guide me on what treatment to have. 
because uh, I, I said to God, I was pacing up and down in the garden. I said, you know, if the consultants don't know, um, you know, what to, how to treat, you know, how, how am I meant to know? <laughs> um, so, you know, um, but uh, God gave me the answer. It wasn't the answer I wanted. It was a longer journey through it. But um, um, it, was- it did give reassurance that it would take care of it. So, um and then when I went to the meeting with the consultants, the consultants, it came very apparent to me that what God said is what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to have to go through the longer journey. So that that was a good, um, it, it was a good uh, four four months um, that part of the treatment. Oh, um, it was that intense. Yeah. So that was a good, and you know, I had to recover afterwards. But I recovered quite quickly generally. But it was more my mental health. Um, uh, you know. You feel quite numb when you're going through it. That's a safety mechanism the brain does to get you through uh, a crisis. But unfortunately, uh, about a year after I had a delayed trauma and my health anxiety really goes through the roof. I had health anxiety as a child. Um, oh, so it picked so, up the pattern yes, for so weeks. Yes. This, this all came back in and, you know, I, I, you know, I was probably as bad at anxiety as I was when I was going through the illness. Uh, and it was really bad. So I had to quickly um, try and get some therapy again counselling um, and uh, you know it was a blessing though because I, I never really turned to drink or drugs sometimes you know I can completely understand why sometimes people turn to these things as a resort but I never did I always turned to counselling um, which is a blessing uh, and uh, yeah it was um, you know so I, I did get through it and I had a good year of counselling during the COVID period as well. That's um, amazing. So yes. that must have all been online. It was on telephone, uh, which wasn't ideal. I'm more of a face-to-face yeah, person. Yeah. But I, I this uh, lovely man uh, from Adambrooks, uh, they gave counselling. And for wonderful. a year, he said, I'll be here as long as possible. And, you know, and that helped me um, throughout that. So, yeah, it, so many people helped me in my, my life to... And obviously my mother, I should uh, give a shout-out, so to speak, um, that she was very patient with me and helped me. Uh, but you, you're this. obviously available for help. You, you, you're not the sort of person that bangs themselves up and, and becomes morose. No. We're up to your fourth beautiful uh, choice, Salve Regina. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I spent hours listening to this. Um, so lovely. Uh, I know we won't be listening to hours today, but um, yes, yeah, so this is very special. And this is particularly about my journey to the Catholic faith. Yes, it's a great choice. Mm. Chant of sung by chant of the Templars, Salve Regina. That's the most amazing, amazing rendition. I've never heard it. Oh right, okay. Well, I spent hours listening to that um, when I was uh, being drawn to the Catholic faith, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very different. We were just chatting, and weren't we, about uh, how different some of these songs <laughs> are? It's incredible. Uh, it's beautiful. It's so. Male, um, and uh, and normally it's quite fluting and and mm. delicate. No, it's fabulous. So I want to talk to you about now um, mm. about Radio Maria, the children's liturgy, which is very close to your heart, and I want to talk to you about England's way. You you uh, we do a pilgrimage to Walsingham from here as well, mm. but you set one up this summer because I saw your photographs. Oh, very good. Um, yes. <laughs> which of course are perfect photographs. Um, <laughs> They are actually. Good to, glad to hear it. <laughs> so, 
this is a lot of work. How are you? How are you managing? Do you just um, allocate? And I'm sure you're very organised about your time, but it sounds like you're here, there, and everywhere. Let's talk about the children's liturgy first. Well, yes, uh, this is where really this is uh, started from. I uh, have been doing children's liturgy uh, for you know many years um, in the March Parish, um, but I also started doing it at St Luke's oh, yes, Parish yes. in uh, Peterborough yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. So oh, yeah. it's two churches um, I've been involved in. Uh, uh, it's again, you know, just like the Sunday school with the evangelical church, very close to my heart because you're, you're getting down to basics with these things and children have such wonderful mm. um, insight um, you know about the faith and uh, I always uh, am touched and learn a lot from it uh, so it does me a lot of good uh, I find um, oh yes. Um, yes but you know I, I have an involvement with other age groups like teenage uh, youth group um, is that the confirmation group? Uh, no, this is. Uh, I also involved with uh, the wonderful Helena, who does a great job at uh, Saint Lawrence's uh, confirmation group. So that that's lovely to be a part of that, uh, and with such you know wonderful young people, you know, starting their journey in their faith. Um, you, know, you must be very good at answering their questions. Um, I hope so. Well, uh, you've done enough research. You have to interview them. Yes, well, yes. Uh, it, it has been a blessing to do so much research. I, I by no means know all of it, but um, uh, I've really have studied over the years, and it, it, help, it has helped me in my ministry. Um, uh, I've also been involved with uh, the Ignite Youth yes, Service. Yes, who were just wonderful. Yes, yes. So I had a great involvement. Uh, Is that in, Adam? Uh, I've I know Alex, uh, but I've met mm. Adam um, mm. and the former team. Uh, I spend a lot of time with them, um, and uh, yes, and uh, I went to the Ignite Festival um, uh, a few years ago. That's where I met Helena, um, and uh, yes, so it's uh, it's uh, had involvement last year in the Ignite Festival as well. So it's a real blessing to have all these. And you're involved. You're involved with um, Olem, our ladies. In in, uh, in Cambridge. Yes, recently. Yes, yes. We uh, did uh, something about the, the the building, the fundraising that they need to yeah. keep the building going there. Um, I do a lot of my own events now as well. Good. Um, you know, revival days and uh, various things like that, and the England's Way pilgrimage. Um, and did you love it? Did, we've got to stop now, but I just want to. Uh, will you do another one, another pilgrimage? Oh yes, it will be a, 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 a each year will be a fixture. So. Uh, these things will keep going. It's part of my charity that I'm starting up. So uh, it will be, these things will carry on. So I'll, I'll certainly yes. follow that. We're going to play out uh, on your final piece of music. But we, before um, we do that, I want to say thank you so mm. much for sharing your, your journey, Jason. It's been, it's been amazing. And I feel very, very privileged to have heard your, about your journey. Well, thank you for uh, allowing me to uh, tell it to our listeners here. Uh, hopefully it's been a blessing to some people. Um, I'm sure it God has. is good. I'm sure it has. And thank you all for listening. For now, goodbye.